Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Are you a mom expecting? MUSC Health and Wellness Institute and Fourth Trimester presents Bumps, Birth, and Beyond, an interactive workshop for moms preparing for birth. If you are a first-time mom, experienced mom with a history of a difficult delivery, planning for a VBAC, or even have a cesarean birth planned, this workshop is for you. Best taken around your third trimester. You'll leave ready to take charge of the birth experience. You'll also learn about the postpartum things nobody tells you about. Sign up today. Call MUSC at 843-985-0802. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty, plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And JJ has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, um, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Game. A few minutes after 11 o'clock on a Friday morning, a football Friday, a food Friday, specifically a firehouse Friday, but we also have some freaking delicious chocolates in there. All the F words that we know and love apply to what's going to be a fun, there's another fun football firehouse food freaking delicious chocolate Friday <laughs> with Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris, Carolina playing from Missouri tomorrow at 4 o'clock. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm stuffed. It's 11.04 and I am full. Can we say, obviously, shout out Firehouse, but shout out Pappy. Shout out Pappy. Yep. The uh, chocolate truffles. Yeah, just these like chocolate truffles dusted with cocoa powder. And he brought me like just like in the middle of the show yesterday. It was wonderful. What a great surprise. Uh, we're sharing with Wes and Chris. Pappy, I hope that's okay. I know you labeled it specifically to Left Pearson and Preston. Um, we appreciate it. Sharing appreciate chocolate, it. sharing firehouse subs, sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, Larry Chandler passed this along. Larry Chandler, of course, the owner of firehouse subs here in the Midlands. He passed along to me uh, just now that they're doing something really cool, celebrating hometown heroes on Friday, October 28th, which is today. Uh, yeah. Any firefighter, policeman, uh, paramedic, EMT, if you're in uniform, uh, 
for dine-in or takeout, you can enjoy a free medium sub with any purchase. You have to be in uniform. Go and buy. Free medium sub with any purchase. That's pretty That's cool. awesome. Lots right. of good choices. Shout out to everyone who just plays such an essential and just like uh, probably always underappreciated just because you can't probably appreciate these people enough. They're just always willing to spring into action to yep. help their fellow civilian. What a great day, guys. What a great time to be alive. It's just I'm, I'm so happy right now. Carolina fans seem to just be on cloud nine right now. Somebody, I mean, we're, we're getting text projections TK Sam hit me in the text line, says Carolina's going to beat Missouri 45-17. to 17. Just feels like <laughs> Preston's wincing at that. I wouldn't go that far either. I'm just saying, like, there's, there's something in the air in Columbia. People are feeling great. I'm telling you, it's not just Columbia. As I said, I've been traveling around the state. I was in the low country on Tuesday. <laughs> yesterday, I was in Myrtle Beach, and it's just a lot of thumbs. I had a Gamecock polo on yesterday. A lot of thumbs up, mm-hmm. a lot of smiles, a lot of just... Goodwill. I feel, I feel something. People are happy when Carolina's winning, and when Clemson's winning, it's like a hurricane's just constantly <laughs> ravaging the state, and everyone's just miserable all the time. Everybody's just, just a little bit easier. Just a, it, you know. does, does that make you a little nervous? I'm not, I'm not going to feed into it, man. I, I'm, okay. I'm going I'm to okay, enjoy, enjoy it, it okay. until it's not enjoyable. I you asked President about the, the emotional letdown game. Uh, into the 9 o'clock or early in the 10 o'clock hour. And it seemed like a, a common ingredient might have been, well, at least in one of the games we discussed was road. I feel like Carolina being at home will be a factor here. But Preston also made a very good point that, like, the fans are going to be loud. They're going to be excited. It's going to be a very different energy than Saturday, Texas A&M, the fair. The home field advantage is for sure, but Carolina's going to need to as Preston said, they got to bring their own juice. It's it's not going to be the fans as much. Juice is a funny word because I was just, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but since you were talking about the letdown game, right? And then you mentioned juice. 2007, that season, if you'll remember, South Carolina started 6-1. and one. They beat Georgia, who was number 11. They lost to LSU in Baton Rouge, but they started 6-1. and one. Was that the fake field goal where the holder threw that, it over his head and it bounced up into the kicker's hands? I I think that's right. It was definitely, that was either 07. It had to be 07, yeah, because that was at LSU. Um, what was that dude's name, that kicker, who who they had? Anyway. No clue. That was just like, that was like time number three of 6,040 that Les Miles was able to pull a rabbit out of his hat. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they were 6-1. and one. They had a loss to a top two team on the road. They'd beaten t- uh, top 11 Georgia and then they lost at home to Vanderbilt. Mm. And then they lost every other game. The was that Halloween weekend? It was October 20th. The, ah. they, the Halloween weekend game was Lane Kiffin, right, at Tennessee? With the black that, uniforms. Uh, okay, was yeah, that, that year okay, was that 09? That Wait, no, 09 was the black 09. uniforms. Okay. So they did play Tennessee that Halloween weekend, and they lost that game. But, yeah, they went 6-1 and one uh-huh. to begin, finished 6-6. Six and six. So emotional letdown game was Vanderbilt. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And you mentioned Juice. I remember talking to Cliff Matthews. He was a freshman that mm-hmm. season. And I talked to him like this was a couple years ago, but way after, you know, he finished playing. And he was like, man, whatever it was, like whatever Juice, we ran out of it. Because like, mm. they, they had struggled the week before to beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill and, and still won. And then they just kind of oh, yeah, fell I was, off. I was at that game, actually. Now, you've seen the other side where you've seen some really good South Carolina teams Ha- face this type of situation and go on a run. Like Preston. 
Yeah. They beat Georgia and Athens. You said that was the turning point for y'all. And the next week, you beat Mississippi State. Correct. That was after 9-11, too. Correct. Yeah. When you said juice and then said 2007, I thought you were going to talk about the 2007 Illinois fighting Illini and Juice Williams. Y'all remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loved that Obviously guy. A, good player. Yeah. a lot of um, juice on the show today. I, I look at this week as the next in line of what has been three straight tests. And first one being, obviously, can you finally beat Kentucky? Second one being, can you beat A&M for the first time in all time? And then now it's kind of like, we if you've followed this program long enough, you you know you know that these letdowns happen. And I, I think it happens in college football in general, so I don't think South Carolina is some program that maybe this even happens more than anybody else. It maybe just feels like that sometimes. But this is you know, this is why we love college football, but also um, it hurts a little bit more when you kind of have these letdown situations. So I, I think now it's kind of the, the next step in this program. Can you deal with a little success? Can you deal with your classmates patting you on the back a little bit more all week long? Can you continue to do the things that put you in position to win the last two games? And, um, you know, frankly, can, can you just not beat yourself this week? Because I, uh, you know, I was listening, riding in, actually, to the Gabe DeArmond interview uh, with you, Pearson. Great interview. Missouri, and Gabe calls it like he sees it, man. There is no sugarcoating from him. And you can tell he's been hardened by watching a lot of bad football. <laughs> so, you know, Gabe, he said, man, Missouri just beats themselves. So mm-hmm. it got me to thinking, Chris Chris has been on a crusade against South Carolina turnovers for, crusade. Um, for, for so long. And he's right. Limit the turnovers. Don't beat yourself. And maybe Missouri will just do it for you. Well, Carolina is the second worst team in the SEC in negative plays. And the and worst Missouri team? forces a lot of those. Yeah, the worst one is Missouri. <laughs> so Missouri, and I mentioned this earlier, worth mentioning again, Missouri is the only team in the SEC that has a higher percentage of negative plays than explosive plays. Carolina is essentially one-to-one. I want to come back to that later. Missouri has more negative plays than explosive plays. That is bad (laughs) yeah exactly and i mean gabe gabe was talking about that he was like you look at the rushing numbers for missouri and you know by average you know i I think i think nathaniel pete's averaging like you know four and a half yards of carry normal like respectable number but he's like it'll be a 13 yard run and then a 20 yard run and then minus six minus five minus one and 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 that's how you arrive at the average and i understand and you know people i remember talking to jay a couple of years ago about kevin harris's season and I was like, well, it was a little bit boomer bust. It was like a 200-yard game or a 50-yard game. And I was like, that's how it happens. Like, Marcus Lattimore didn't have exactly 117 yards per game, like, in every single game. Like, you have a buck 70, and then you have, like, you know, 65 or whatever. There's some mm-hmm. of that built into it, but it just seems a little more even boomer bust with Missouri than, than even, like, a team like South Carolina that's, you know, itself a very boomer bust kind of offense. Yeah, um, I mean, that the biggest bit, like, I got asked this morning, actually, like, what does this South Carolina offense have to do to take the next step? And, my, I mean, I, I, it is. It's like I keep coming back to the turnover thing, but I feel pretty strongly about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if you – even with everything in the A&M game, if you're examining why didn't you run the ball in this drive, you went three and out a few times in a row, all that's fair, fair to talk about because that needs to get better too. But – Take just have a normal drive where you have to punt. I mean, how about that? That's Ding. fine. <laughs> but in, instead, yeah. instead of doing that at A and M, but you know, make it to your own forty, gain fifteen yards and punt. 
that's fine because your defense is playing pretty well, and they have been lately. Instead, you run one play, you fumble, you're backed up in your own territory. Now the opponent has the ball at minimum in field goal range, and that happened twice in that game. And so well, yeah, Carolina, Carolina had four drives in that were three plays or fewer because it was two three and outs and two one and outs. Yeah. So that you, you can't do that. That that's kind of your base when you're talking. We're talking about all these things about them taking the next step, Spencer Rattler and play calling. Start there. Yeah. I mean that's that's really the, the so, point. So sort of the old the old coaching adage is to end every drive with a kick. Yeah. Whether that's a field goal, extra point, mm-hmm. or a punt. Yeah. You can do that. Then you you won't you may not win every game, but you'll Sounds be like in a every Lou game. Holtz mantra. That feels like <laughs> yeah. and I feel like that's a Lou Holtz thing. Like just let's just end every drive in a kick. And we'll we'll figure it out after that. Well, you were talking about tackling and how not sexy that is. Punting's not sexy. Um, some of Kai Kroger's punts are pretty sexy. He dropped mm-hmm. one like in the five that just it, it's it's so it it just stopped. It didn't bounce. I've never seen anything just like not. It was just like it was magnetic or something. Um, but yeah, just don't beat yourself. And easier said than done against Missouri. Uh, with that in mind, we'll start to talk about some of the other matchups. Want to hear from you guys too? Eight zero three four zero four sixty one hundred. I'm going to put it to you three right now as well. Be thinking of just like a number that you feel like we will be able to look back on this game and summarize the result, whether for Carolina or for Missouri. Be thinking about a number that you feel like will be the most descriptive or the best descriptor for this game. 803-404-6100. More on Carolina-Missouri as the Gamecock Central Hour continues next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 22 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Friday morning. A football Friday. A fun Friday. A food Friday. A firehouse Friday. All ahead of South Carolina taking on Missouri tomorrow at 4 o'clock in Williams-Brice Stadium. More matchups, buy or sell with Firehouse owner Larry Chandler coming up in just a little bit. A lot to get to here in a busy Gamecock Central Hour on a fun Friday. Uh, Chris, though, wants to tell everybody first, if you were trying to optimize your watching experience or your gaming experiment or you know anything that you need to do that has to do with like basically technology in your house, integrated media can help with. Yeah, if you got some old video games, I haven't been able to dust mine off lately, but if you have the PS2, if you have the 360, if you want to play some Tecmo Bowl, whatever it is, uh, integrated media can help you set up that system. Put What they did for me, guys, is they put all of my old video game systems, my wife and I combined them, probably like five or six of them. You know, normally you got to get all the cords out, all these weird RCA cables and things like that that you, you don't know how to use or plug up anymore. They do it all for you. They link them all together. They put them on a switcher. So now they're all plugged up. They're ready to go. We press the button. Boom, you can go play them. So as my kids are getting older, they'll probably be getting into more video games. Maybe dad will sit down and play some with them too at that point. So Integrated Media was able to do that for me. But also if you want to catch up on all the college football action, I think, guys, aren't we in a period where we've got like a month straight where a football game is going to be on like every single day? You want to make sure that your home theater setup is good to go. Uh, multiple devices. Want to make sure your streaming signal is good enough to be able to handle all that. Hit up the guys at Integrated Media, Michael, Nathan, and the rest of their crew. They do an outstanding job. IntegratedMediaInc.com or 803-948-8327. All right, so does, does any of you have a number that you came up with quickly during the break that you feel like will define the game one way or the other? 
We can we can take a little more time if you need more. Let's time. let's let's push this one. Okay, because I, I think this is worth looking at. I do have a stat of the day. Oh, I love this. You okay. come so prepared for this, even though it's not even a, a it's not actually a regular segment. You just always have one. We, we need to make it regular, maybe, maybe, or like officially. Yeah, we'll get someone to record a song, <laughs> like Dan. Yeah, like yeah. on the Dan Patrick show. No, 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 just like our show. No one. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe we'll get Will Ferrell in here. So, this one kind of blew my mind. I, I did not know this. This year, Missouri's defense in conference games, no single quarterback has thrown more than one touchdown pass against them. No quarterback has thrown more than a touchdown against Missouri? Yep. Wow. In conference from, play. From, so, I guess Kansas State did, but probably no one else. Kansas State. Kansas State threw zero touchdowns. Wow. So Abilene Christian Abilene up the Christian, secondary. Abilene Christian threw no touchdowns. The only outlier of a team that had more than one touchdown, no, it wasn't even Louisiana Tech. There was one game where they played two quarterbacks. Can't even find it. But in conference play, hmm. they've only given up. I mean, Anthony Richardson, one touchdown, one pick. Georgia, Stetson Bennett, 312 passing yards, no touchdowns. Hmm. Uh, Auburn, Robbie Ashford, 127 yards, no touchdowns. Well, joke's on them because Spencer only throws one a game anyway. And Vanderbilt, Mike Wright came in. They played two quarterbacks in that game, but Mike Wright came in. He threw one touchdown. Mm -hmm. Other one did 80 yards. So it's – that's an interesting stat. I don't know, like, if it's super meaningful because you look at that and you're like, that's pretty good, man. They've only given up a, a handful of passing touchdowns all year, and we know their defense is pretty salty. On the other hand, they're not a very good team. But their their defense is good. And so that one to me is interesting. And maybe maybe that comes into play more if you're not having success running the football and now there's more on Spencer Rattler. Maybe this is a game where he needs to, you know, be able to toss more than one touchdown. So with their defense being solid or even above average, would you say? Yeah. Okay, I so with their defense being above good. average, as a fan viewing this game, if in fact there are some stall drives or missed opportunities. That's not necessarily a cause for alarm, is it? I mean, I, I guess the alarm would depend on what it looks like. Okay. But, but people, this isn't a game like you go into the Charlotte game, you're like, all right, if South Carolina doesn't score 49 points, <laughs> something right. is wrong here or whatever it was. Right. Um, this is one like it's similar to A&M in Kentucky where I think you need to set the expectation that South Carolina's offense shouldn't be expected to just, I'm uh, just going to go up and down the field. Don't right. look at Missouri's record and say, well, they beat Vandy by three. They haven't won a conference game. They're, they're three and five overall. Uh, you know, they must, or they're, yeah, they're three and five, three and four. They must really stink. Well, they, they aren't very good, but their defense is legitimately pretty good. Well, and that, that's the weird thing because, again, they're not more talented than Kentucky. They're not more talented than Texas A&M. We talked about this the other day, all the stats say that this is the best defense that Carolina will have played. I mean, outside of Georgia, this is the best defense that Carolina's played, which just doesn't make a lot of sense. You look at the star power, you look at, you know, the results, like none of it has been there. But Gabe mentioned, Gabe Diarman, when we talked to him from Power Mizzou yesterday, he was like, this is just such a, uh, he, what did he call it? I think he called it a half team, maybe, where it's just like yeah. the defense has to do everything and then the offense can't do anything, at some point the bill kind of comes due for that. And whether it's the defense man going, man, you know, screw this. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, holding your sorry ass up anymore. Or, 
you know, just like it gets so overwhelming to continue to be put in those disadvantageous positions. I don't know if this is the breaking point, but there's the risk of that happening. Yes, absolutely. There's a risk of ha- that happening, especially when it's known that the the head coach is the offensive guy. Mm. And so that's where Eli spends all the time over there, regardless of what he thinks or what he says. And all three teams are important. Offense is his baby. Yeah. And when the head coach's side of the ball is not playing well, it does not. It, it, that's really backbreaking for a team. Eli Dorkwitz. I'm working. I'm workshopping it. Workshopping it. I got a laugh out of here. I got a <laughs> laugh. It might work. The uh, the weird thing is that they were terrible on defense last year, mm-hmm. and they're all of a sudden really good. And you know, I, I think that's been some just development of guys. That's been some transfer portal um, additions that have been pretty good for them. But um, they're very disruptive up front, and uh, you know, we've talked about that all week. That's not new news, but. Um, that's kind of how they've done it is they have created negative plays. And we've seen a Carolina offense that has um, allowed a lot of negative plays. Uh, even when they've had explosives, it's kind of been, uh, you know, chunk play here, negative play there. So, you know, I, I think this is a game where I fully expect there to be some ugly moments for South Carolina's offense. Mm-hmm. Some some of their own doing, but some because of who Missouri um, has proved to be so far. And, um, you know, I, I think this is a game where it's going to be important for, for Carolina to kind of try to do some things to keep them off balance uh, as far as their uh, their defensive line goes. I don't know if that means maybe, you know, I know getting the ball to Marshawn Lloyd is obviously um, priority one, I think, for Carolina. But it may, in the early going, there may be some play action throws on first down. There may be some situations where you're going, why aren't they giving the ball to Marshawn Lloyd? But I, I think they're going to have to do whatever they can to put that little that little sliver of doubt in the D-line's minds as far as I can't just fire off the ball here. I can't just assume a run on first down. Um, Carolina hasn't been that great lately on third or fourth and short. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a time or two where you roll Rattler out and people are saying, why didn't you just give the ball to one? I think some of that's going to be based on trying to kind of control this pass rush and uh, just – upfield rush against the run as well getting out ahead of the angry mob very wise chris or uh wes chris normally chris uh we'll talk more matchups the idea that the game will be played to a final score like my favorite idea of this season we're going to talk about what the score will be first team to blank wins plus a number that will define win or loss for south carolina on saturday next it's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Eleven thirty-six Friday morning. Football Friday. Fun Friday. Food Friday. Firehouse Friday. Was there another F? You can't say that one. I thought there was another one. Mm-hmm. Halloween, Friday. Did y'all hear enough. my coyote story? Chris, did you hear that? No. I don't think so. Have y'all ever seen or heard a coyote? Yes. Both. I don't think I've ever... I've seen one... I saw dingoes in the zoo at Jacksonville, and I think that's pretty much the same thing. Um, but uh, at about 5.30 this morning, maybe 5.20, a coyote made a sound that sounded like a woman getting murdered in our backyard, and it was terrifying. Some people call him a coyote. A coyote, That's yeah. always funny. I love that. To me. Coyote. They just sound terrifying <laughs> and untethered. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not. Unhinged. Yeah, yeah. I'm not messing yeah. with coyotes. I would not want to run into one. You're, you're cool. 
From um, a distance. <laughs> huh? From a distance. From a distance, for sure. From a distance. Man, we had this cool spider that had made a giant web, like, in the path going into our backyard, and it just recently vacated, and I'm, I feel empty. <laughs> y'all, y'all, kept, y'all kept it for a long time. But the opposite of coyote in the wild, most underwhelming animal, fox. Really? So scraggly and sorry looking. Oh. <laughs> well, you remember that fox we saw the other day? Don't they look just like, oh, that's your Wait, fox. where we see a fox? <laughs> oh, you're a fox? Yeah. At the beach. I'm, I'm, I forgot that part. Okay. <laughs> He saw a giant fox. I think foxes are Did cool. It, was, it a, was it giant? It was giant. Really? This, t- this thing's tail was huge. They, it's, it's fascinating how it long was. the tails are. It was a weird animal. They're rather rather sorry looking. So Preston sees all the, uh, all the kicker foxes and Wes saw a middle linebacker fox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would not mess with this fox. <laughs> yeah. Foxes are cool. They're so crafty, right? They're always the bad guys in stories. They get kind of a bad Scra- rap. Uh, scraggly. Scraggly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, all right, keep listening. Before the end of the hour here today, we'll give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to go see the Carolina-Missouri game at 4 o'clock tomorrow, courtesy of the Carolina Honda Powerhouse Gamecock ticket giveaway. Carolina Honda Powerhouse is your source for Honda Power Sports, and you can visit carolinahonda.com. Wes and Chris and Preston are now responsible for helping me remember to give those tickets away before the end of the show today. We got you. Uh, do you all have a number? Yep. Okay. Would you like me to go? I'm going to break a pool cue in half, and you all can fight it out and figure out who goes first. All right, mine is 20, 20 touches total for Marshawn Lloyd, which he has had the past two weeks in wins against Kentucky and A&M. He mm-hmm. had at least 20 touches in each of those games, as we've seen, not just the past two weeks, but really the past four. Good things have happened for the Gamecock offense when Marshawn gets the ball in his hands through the air or on the ground. And if he gets 20 touches, that also means that they've been able to sustain some drives, which I think will be critical hmm. against Missouri. It's a decent number. I would prefer the number be... It's over 9,000! Can't give that guy enough touches. But 20 is fine. 9,000 might be hard in a game. Preston? I'm scrambling. We can go to Wes. I have one, too. Pass. I'm going uh, 50, as in 50 point, uh, 50% third down conversions. Whoa. South Carolina offense. Um, Woo! They, uh, well, they're two. They're fifty percent um, or better uh, last week. I can't remember what they were two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I think that some of that is not quite sustainable because it's been they've converted a lot of third and longs. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of baking a lot of things into this, and in that they're going to have to either be in some better third down situations. They're going to convert their third and short, it's going to have to protect the passer. All those things are kind of baked into if you're pretty good on third down or not. And against a Missouri defense that is pretty good, if they're if they're staying on the field on half of their third downs, I think they'll win the game. Trivia time for Preston. Uh, since you were here yesterday, you didn't have the stats spoiled for you. Missouri's very good on third down defense. Do you want to guess where they rank in the SEC in third down defense? Fifth. Better. Second. Behind? Alabama. Wow. And in the country, they are ninth. Ninth best third down defense, 29.1%. Paltry number. Mm. Hmm. Well, Alabama Alabama didn't face a third down against Tennessee probably on defense. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Number skewed. 
Uh, what what were third downs like for you as a player and as a coach? Did you spend like half of your practice time on third downs or none? Yeah, you spend a, you spend a decent amount of time on them. So you do uh, sometimes some staffs will do situational days, maybe on Wednesdays or Thursdays, and you'll do situational third downs. It's obviously third and short, third and long, third and third and medium. So you know your third and mediums or whatever. That's when the offense sort of has to pick them and they can. And do whatever they want, third and shorts, you practice on running. So, yeah, it's definitely situational that you that you practice it and you have an understanding usually, especially by this point in the season, as to what a team is going to do on third down. There's probably good enough data that mm-hmm. you can say, like, in third and three, they're probably going to try and do one of these four plays. So you probably have a better idea at this point in the season. So it's specific enough in terms of something you work on that you can specifically be good or bad on third downs? on both sides of the ball? Like, can you be an okay defense but be really good at third down or an okay offense and be really good at third down or vice versa? I don't think you can be a good defense and be bad at third down. Okay. But probably a little bit the other way. Okay, interesting. Because I, I just wonder, I mean, it's it just seems unlikely that Missouri is going to be like the best defense in the conference and be four and eight. You know, like that just doesn't really make sense. So I'm I'm waiting for one shoe to drop one way or the other. And and I don't know I, I don't know why I'm looking at third down as like a bellwether there, but it doesn't make sense that the ninth best third down defense, which probably means you're a really good defense overall, which they are, beat Vanderbilt by three. That's just weird. It doesn't make sense in my brain. Again, not knowing what's going on over there specifically, but I can just imagine that locker room starting to splinter a little bit even if i have friends on the other side Mm -hmm. if y'all are not scoring points and again i can't stress how much if the head coach spends all this time on the other field and y'all still ain't scoring there could be some issues with that mutiny Mm -hmm. um do you have a number you want me to go you go okay uh we all believe me if i tell you that mine's confusing Uh, no way (laughs) so south carolina let me find this real quick South Carolina has 52 explosive plays on the season, 11.63% of their total plays run, 48 negative plays, 10.74%. So they're not going to run 100 plays, so we'll call that basically one, you know, basically by percentage it's going to be a 1% of your plays both ways. Um, or, you know, temp- it's going to be an equal share. Missouri forces a lot of negative plays, so what I'm going to be looking for is can Carolina have just one more explosive play than negative play? That's okay. not normally something that I buy into. I told Preston this earlier. I, I'm normally more concerned with the 80% of the plays that just fall into the in-between category. This is a game where if Carolina, if, if Missouri limits the Gamecocks' explosives, but the Gamecocks don't go backwards, I think they'll be okay. If they go backwards, as long as they offset it with at least one more explosive play than negative play, I think they will have enough offense to win. I, I can... I don't think that's that confusing either. Like, yeah, I, that makes I, sense. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. It's just going to be hard for me to count later, but... Yeah, and I think um, if they do get into the backfield, which they will at times, don't turn the ball over. Like, uh, a second and 12 might not be the worst thing as long as you hold on to the football. Like they've had they've had so many plays that have kept them from putting a team away the last couple of weeks when it was like the one thing you couldn't do was give them the ball in plus territory, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Or... In the case of Kentucky, you're in plus territory with a chance to almost put – it felt like put the game away very early in the first quarter. You turn the ball over. I don't feel like Missouri has an offense 
to just go up and down the field on South Carolina at this point. Um, they're pretty bad up front on the offensive line. They're equally as bad on their O-line as they are good on their D-line. So mm. just don't let those negative plays be game-changing. Negative yeah. plays would be an addition there for me. That's a good one. 803-404-6100. If you guys have any uh, more people weighing in on Coyotes today than the game, which probably tells you where the fan base is after beating Kentucky and A&M, Missouri's already become an afterthought. Wait, is there a large pop people seeing them? Or are they giving us some tips? Or what, what's going on? Well, Steve says uh, you should be in the woods hunting when a whole pack of Coyotes oh, no. start yipping. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. This one's loading. Uh, oh, Matt says he used to trap foxes and Coyotes. Says they really aren't that bad. Basically, just a half fox, half dog. Got an injured one one time and basically got him back to health. That's cool. That was very nice. Appreciate that. Helping the animal community out there. Says they're pretty normal. No need to be scared. Uh, Kathy, though, says coyotes are dangerous and will kill your house pets. One killed one of their neighborhood cats. So, mixed reaction from the coyote community here. Anyway, if I like y'all how you've them, adopted Coyote now. Uh, yeah, I know, coyote. totally. I got I to gotta lean into that. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on the Missouri game, we would love to hear those from you in the text line, 803-404-6100. We'll get those before the end of the show. Uh, coming up next, we got Buy or Sell with Larry Chandler. He's making Firehouse Fridays not just a dream but a reality for all these happy people here on the Extra Point. Uh, but before we go to break, want to give you guys a chance to win a pair of tickets to go see that Missouri game, 803-404-6100. Caller number six right now, 803-404-6100. You win a pair of tickets to go see Carolina and Missouri, 803-404-6100. Caller number six, good luck. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.52 Friday morning. Football Friday. Firehouse Friday. Fun Friday. Freaky Friday. Halloween weekend. This has just been a really fun show. And what a better way. There's no better way possible to finish it. Then with a little buy or sell with our good friend Larry Chandler of Firehouse Subs feeding us. And most importantly for Carolina fans, you don't care if we get sandwiches, but you do care if Carolina wins. He brought the Gamecocks the first ever win against Texas A&M. Larry, I know that feels like a big burden, but I mean, how, how's your week been? It's been great. I mean, it's been awesome. I, you know, thanks for the invite again. So, yeah, we got to keep that streak going. So. Well, that's why you're back. Yeah. You're wearing the same shirt, yeah, I've been, same uh, socks. Yeah, I've been looking the whole schedule to say, hey, can I be here every Friday just in case, you know, we oh, keep yeah. rolling. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, be- better safe than sorry, right? Yeah. Like, if, if we didn't have you back or you were busy or something and then Carolina lost, oh, I think Lord. the radio station would get raided by, yeah. you know, angry fans. So, <laughs> in all seriousness, we do appreciate uh, having you, you um, being back with us. Wes has some buy or sell questions or at least one, and then he likes to pwn the rest off onto uh, us to think of on the spot. But, Wes, you can go ahead and, uh, and and tell us who sponsors this and get us started with the first buy or sell. Yeah, it's a team effort uh, for buy or sell, which is brought to you by our friend Kendall Walsh. Uh, she's my realtor. She can be yours as well. She is with the Moore Company, 803-414-3590. Work with Walsh at gmail.com and at work with Walsh on Twitter. Again, uh, she helped me and my fiance buy a house. She can do the same for you. can be a little bit of a uh, difficult um, process, and she will help make that smooth and easy for you. So give Kendall a call, 803-414-3590. She's our sponsor every single week for buy or sell. And, yes, it is a team effort on this show, Pearson. I got, I got a good one that actually makes sense if you want to pitch one to me. I'm ready. Okay. We can, we can throw you in there. What, uh, what do you got? 
Well, I'm just because last week I had a completely nonsensical one because you, you you took one of mine's. But um, buy or sell, South Carolina will have two sacks tomorrow afternoon. They had six against Kentucky. They didn't register a sack against Texas A&M, but they generated 33 pressures. Uh, Missouri's offensive line has not really held up. So buy or sell, Carolina will have two sacks tomorrow. I will buy. Okay, Chris is buying. Um, Mr. Larry Chandler. I'm definitely buying on that tomorrow. That's a definite. Will you go three sacks, four sacks? (laughs) (laughs) I think I can go four. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm feeling that. I roll it. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, that... um, that was actually my prediction in our uh, yep. prediction uh, contest. Not really a contest, but everybody makes one prediction on the game. I said South Carolina will have three sacks in the game. I almost went four as well. It just feels like it might even out a little bit from last week. No sacks, but all those pressures. Mm-hmm. So I will certainly buy this one, Pearson. I'm tempted to sell because Brady Cook is pretty. He's pretty mobile. I mean, they've run him. I think. Well, he's got like 50 carries, excluding sacks this year, so he's going to be mobile getting in, you know, around the pocket. Um, I'll buy, though. You, you all sucker me into it. I'm not going to play the game within the game. I'll just go ahead and buy that. All right, so next one is uh, going off of Chris's stat from earlier. Spencer Rattler will have uh, two or more touchdowns against Missouri. Passing touchdowns, we're saying? It's got to be passing touchdowns. So we'll, we'll say... South Carolina will have two or more passing touchdowns against Missouri, not just Spencer Rattler. Mm. So if there's a receiver that throws one, if Jordan Burks throws one, <laughs> um, then uh, that still counts. Uh, Larry, what you got? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. I keep waiting for uh, Spencer to break out here. Everything's slowing down for him. Um, I'm going to buy. Larry buys. Chris Clark, what you got? It's almost a head versus heart thing. Uh, Larry, I don't know if you caught this earlier. Missouri has not, a single quarterback has not thrown more than one touchdown pass in a game against Missouri. So that's the reason for this one. I'm actually going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm I'm buying it as well. Sell. Okay, good, because we've had all buys so far. (laughs) Um, All right, I eliminated one. We're going to go with Chris. Do we want to say 20 touches for Lloyd? Is that a good number? Total. 20 total touches, Marshawn Lloyd. Um, Pearson, you go first on this one. Bye. Easy. That was an easy bye. Yeah, if he doesn't get 30, Carolina's doing something wrong. Yeah, I I feel like we're all about to buy. Larry? Yeah. Well, I mean, I did see some teams really ran on Missouri, so that's what I would do tomorrow is to get him the ball (laughs) as much as possible. I'm buying. I'll buy as well. Man. This is there's not going to be much difference in uh, <laughs> uh I'm I'm buying as well. Um the the bonus is going to be who predicts the score correctly. Mm-hmm. So Oh, wait, hold on. Let me let me throw in one just so we might have some cells in here. Yeah, yeah. Whoever whoever comes up with these has done an awful job. <laughs> <laughs> Buy or sell, there will be a touchdown of more than 30 yards tomorrow. You don't Ooh. have to sell it just for the sake of selling it, but I figure that one might be a I'll buy that. Which side? Yeah, I was going to say, you might be just as likely to get a defensive score for 30 yards. I'll say an offensive score. Which team? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Which Both. player? Both. What time? Both. Yeah. Um, what quarter? Oh, I like that one. I'll, I'll I'll buy it as well. Somebody sell this thing. Gosh, I don't want to sell. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a homer, but I guess I am. Um, I'm going to have to buy, too. So I will think it'll be us. I I'll sell. I don't think it's going to be them. I'll sell. There you go. 
Pearson will sell. I, I set that up just so I could sell it. Apparently. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, final one. South Carolina will win the football game. I think I'm going to go ahead and predict everybody here is buying that. So either tell me I'm wrong or give me your score. Chris Clark, what you got? 24-17 South Carolina. I'm buying. Larry? 24-14. We're winning. All right. Pearson? 20-13. to 13. Missouri? <laughs> South Carolina. I think South Carolina. <laughs> Um, I hope. Wow, we we all yeah <laughs> we all have like the same scores almost as well. I uh, I hope this is the same one I sent in for Gamecock Central twenty four fourteen as well. Wow, I believe was my score that I sent in. I, I went back and forth between thinking that some negative, not negative, some big like turnovers would kind of. Um, Force that score up a little bit. Yeah, but um, six of Carolina's last seven games have had at least forty nine com- uh, combined points, but Missouri's last six games have gone under the over under. Uh, so uh, some competing forces there. Uh, we are out of time here, running a little bit long. It's just too much fun. It's been a great Friday, Larry. Appreciate you Thank being you. with us. Carolina fans are hoping you're the good luck charm that you were last week, but that is all we have time for today. Hopefully, we'll have Larry back with us this time next week. Y'all enjoy the game. Have a safe weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Gents, let's talk Halloween for a second. What is your favorite Halloween memory? One time I saw Nightmare Before Christmas performed live at the Hollywood Bowl. Walking with your kids. It felt so magical. And after they've got their candy and they walk away. So pure. The dad inside the house is handing you a beer. My dad, when I get home, he would have me like empty out all the candy to make sure that it's safe. And it wasn't until I was about 35 that I realized, what the f***? He was just eating my candy. Rude. What's your favorite Halloween costume? One year, I was Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused. One year, I was like, I would like to be roadkill. The Halloween costume was a plastic smock and then a really scratchy plastic mask. I mean, you were styling if you had one of those. Aquaman, the plastic mask cutting into your eyes, and then you get that little hole in the mouth to breathe through all night long. What's your favorite Halloween candy? What's your favorite candy, man? Anything Reese's, Snickers bars. It's all the food groups. It's a meal. You've got caramel. Yes. Candy corn. I love candy corn. Me too. Wait, really? I'm one of the small percent of people who actually really enjoys candy corn. It gets a bad rap. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Happy Halloween from the Cumulus Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe and follow us at youtube.com slash Cumulus Podcast. Candy corn is terrible. It's atrocious. It shouldn't be allowed. It's not a candy. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.